Our scripture today is James 2, verses 14 through 17. What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith but do not have works? Can faith save you? If a brother or sister is naked and lacks daily food, and one of them says, and one of you says to them, Go in peace, keep warm and eat your fill, and yet you do not supply their bodily needs, what is the good of that? So faith by itself, if it has no works, is dead. The sermon today is entitled, Faith Gets a Job. Cornelius Worlds preceded me as the chair of the deacon board at Park Manor Christian Church. And I am not certain that anyone knows how long he chaired the deacon board. Um, as far as memory would offer, he had been the chair. And Cornelius Worlds was a very devout man and a talented man, a hard worker in the church, and a stubborn man. A stubborn man who liked to have things happen the way he was used to having them happen, and one of the devices he used in order to cause that to be was this reading that we just heard. He knew that there were people talking in terms of us being justified by faith and not by works alone. Uh, the Apostle Paul lifted that up any number of times, and it's clearly throughout Scripture that it is the actions of God that would save us and not a response to our actions. And so we had the phrase works righteousness enter into the discussion in theology classes all over the world for the last several hundred years. There were two parallel notions that people have been arguing with throughout all of any of our lives. Works righteousness was on the one hand, and on the other hand, justification by faith. Now, I'm not going to do a theology class here today, so don't worry about me going too much into seminary teaching as we preach this sermon, Faith Gets a Job. They don't teach that faith gets a job in seminary. Along the way, as we have all of these classic debates, we learn to lean on our apologetics. And whether or not you've been to seminary, apologetics is that part of theology where you diligently look for scriptures and quotes that agree with what you already think. Any practitioners of apologetics here today? We want to make sense of our lives and the beliefs that we already hold without change. 
And you may think the seminary is exempt from that, but I can promise you that the majority of my classmates in seminary yearn for the good old days when they didn't have to figure things out. It was more cherished to hold tightly to a well-beloved belief system even after it was proven to be wrong it's better to be confident in the wrong idea than to have to do the work of learning the new and improved idea. And so this debate has raged on long beyond reason, works righteousness, justification by faith. And scripture is not silent about it. Scripture celebrates faith. Faith appears from the beginning to the end of the Bible. Scripture celebrates it, and Scripture also demands action. Scripture, as it turns out, does not enter into our debate. Scripture lifts up both faith and action. No reason that you've got to choose between the two. Faith in scripture and in our scripturally based church life, we need to be aware that I don't care is not a faith statement. We need to be aware that faithful is a word that describes action. Faith involves trusting God, but trusting God to act and to prompt our actions and empower our actions if we have faith the faith is that God will do something and call upon us to do something you don't have to choose and in fact you're going to shoot yourself in the foot if you do now when it comes to works trees and godly lives bear fruit A tree does not simply stand there and say, I'm just going to be a tree now, never mind fruit. I'm not in the mood. No apples this season from me, because I'm just not feeling it. No, trees and godly people bear fruit. Godly churches bear fruit. Godly organizations, godly individuals, and godly organizations. What we do or neglect to do is a barometer of our faith. The ministry of Jesus is more than talk and feelings. There is no separation between faith and action except for this obvious observation. Apart from our theology and our self-righteousness, it is obvious that God wants us to both have faith and to do that which is right and needed. Does anyone here suspect that they could please God with only faith or only action? I'm glad you didn't make me explain it if someone had raised their hands. We can neither imagine nor define nor accomplish faith without works. 
there is no possibility of inert faith. And so, I had a talk with my faith. I caught my faith sitting on the front porch doing nothing. And so I went and had a talk with my faith. I said some preliminary things as I first arrived, but then I got right to the point and I pointed my finger in the chest of my faith and I said, you need to get a job. And as my faith was quite adept at this, my faith sat there and said nothing and did nothing. I said it again. Faith, Monday morning, I, I want you to get up and go get a job. Too many of us have given faith too much time off. Faith had no job to do when we were theorizing that you could have faith and not do anything. We perfected that. We have in some cases gone years without saying or doing anything that matters to the building of God's kingdom. We got up in, on Sunday morning, we went to church, we sang our songs, perhaps listened to the sermon, put some money in the plate, and went back home. Well, maybe if your faith overheard me and my faith, your faith may have heard me confront my faith with the demand, you've got to get a job. If you're going to be faith, one of God's primary tools, if you are going to represent God throughout the world, you need to have some clarity about what you're here for and what you intend to do while you are here. Get up and go get a job, Faith. Maybe you could be a teacher. And if so, then you can teach the world about God's love. Maybe, Faith, you could be a builder and construct programs and structures to accomplish God's purposes. Faith, there's some things you could do if you would try. Maybe you could be a teller, but not working for the bank. Be a teller that goes where the pain is greatest and tell of God's love to all the people. Or you could be a farmer, Faith. Plant and cultivate and harvest the seeds of God's righteousness. Whatever it is, faith, you got to get up and get a job. There's no point in you being faith if you don't do anything. Please, faith, I depend on you. I love you. I trust you, but if you don't do something, we're going to have to change your name or just get rid of you altogether. God has purposes for each of us and purposes for our faith. Like all of you, I've had multiple occasions of having to get a job. I'm in that process again now. You have to get a job, and you've all done it, and 
from what I have seen and heard of you, you've done a good job of finding the jobs that you have worked. And it gives you a good feeling to reflect back at what you accomplished on your jobs. I look forward to the occasion when each of you can be equally proud of what you and your faith have gotten together and done. I have to get a job. You have had to get a job. My faith, if it is in fact faith at all, has to get a job too. And once getting that job, my faith has to do its job. Some of that job has to do with moving me off ground zero. Some of that job has to do with opening my eyes to the fact that with God's power and God's might, I can fly. I can do what I have no capacity or power to do on my own. My faith is required to give me that understanding and to put me to work. My faith has to get a job, has to work a job, and so do you, and so do I.